Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Fallout Bar, day number 12 of the PDC World Championships. Myself, Jack Gobby-Garwood, back from my post-Christmas break, joined by Charlie from the east of England and Liam for his first show of the, of the tournament. Where have you been, man? I've been saving it for the post-Christmas sessions now, the big ones, the all the... The crunch time in the, in the in the PDC World Championship back to join you boys for the for the when it when it matters. Good, get that rotor filled in because it's pretty empty for the next few days, and we've <laughs> got to get it filled up so we can finish this tournament. Charlie, I'm not going to bully you for where you think you're from in the country. It's, it's absolutely fine, mate. Uh, you've uh, been on pretty much every show throughout this so far, but we get to talk about plenty more action today. Yeah, what uh, the day just got better as it went on. Really, it sort of started off slow and, and got better as as it went on. I mean, that that's the last session, the evening session, that was unbelievable. Um, I have only just managed to get my breath back from that last game. It could have gone either way, and it's a shame we didn't have that in the final because if we'd have kept going with that, it, uh, unbelievable. That is why we we love the love the sport and imagine imagine not liking darts. Imagine not liking darts. Indeed, a very warm welcome to everybody that has joined us live on YouTube or if you're listening back via your podcast provider. A quick reminder before we get into it, don't forget to like today's show, please. It literally takes you one click and it helps us out massively. If you're not already done so, subscribe to the channel. We are fast approaching 20,000 subscribers. If we can get there by the end of the tournament, that would be absolutely massive for us as we launch bigger and better things into 2022. And of course, don't forget to comment below to get involved. We'll try and flash up as many of those on the screen for you guys. Uh, a warm welcome to Tommy. Juanita was first in, as always, uh, to Sam. Um, who else have we got? Charlie's in. Hello, mate. Good to see you again. Uh, Rose says her heart is still racing. What a bloody game that was, says Daniel. Indeed, that will be the last thing we talk about when we review today's session. Uh, Colin says good evening, as does Andrew. Uh, Brandon's in. Malachi's in, talking about football once again. Uh, over and in. Matt says, all right, chaps. Uh, and Steve Cadman is in once again. Um, lads, what an absolute evening of darts to talk about. But before we do talk about the action, we have to talk about the lack of action in the afternoon session. And once again, we have had a player withdraw from the tournament after testing positive with COVID-19. Charlie Dave Chisnell was unable to play today after he tested positive and had to remove, making it the third, fourth player? Third in three days? I've lost track. It's been that many and that's sort of becoming an issue. Yeah, it's it's worrying, isn't it? And um, it seems like every session, every fallout bar that we're on, it seems to say we hope that there's no more. And then the next day, a couple twenty four hours later, there's another one. So um, you know, again, you do hope that that nothing else happens. And of course, Danny Noppert as well coming out and saying that he's tested positive as well. Um, so does that put Searle's match in in doubt? 
you, yeah, I don't know what happened. I was surprised Dirk even played today, to be honest. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's becoming a it's becoming a real issue now, and 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 the field is starting to to sort of uh, branch itself out with the amount of games and, and buys that players are getting. Yeah, Danny Nopper uh, tested positive as he attempted to test to fly home the same way that Raymond Van Barneveld first identified that he had COVID. Uh, he tested negative to get in the venue and play his game, um, but was obviously tested positively. Subsequently, Dave Chisnell tested positive before his match that had to withdraw, awarding a bye to Luke Humphreys. Liam, it's the first time you've been on, so you've been away from all of this drama. Um it's just been a little bit of a nightmare, hasn't it, really, mate? Oh, look, we've we, we've discussed it uh, in depth over the, the course of the day and the, the previous days gone by. I mean, I mean, look, it's been chaos up to now. Players coming in, players withdrawn with with no fault of their own because of COVID. I mean, the knock-on effects of this is going to have maybe a year or two years down the line because because of, of the rankings. I mean, huge money they're paying for. I mean, this is the biggest event of the year by far. Um, in terms of ranking money, and I mean, even we, I know we look at the likes of Dave Chis- Chisel, Van der Fort, obviously, uh, Michael Van Gerwen would probably be all right in two years' time with the ranking money coming off. But for them players, I mean, it's a matter of getting in a couple of tournaments down further down the line, whether they'll make it or whether they won't. Uh, and I'm sure they won't be happy. I mean, I know a couple of players have voiced their opinions on social media, but certainly, this is these are huge events that. Repercussions that this this missing out in this event uh, and and the latter stage of this tournament could have on these players is massive, uh, and they probably won't um, feel the effects maybe until until a couple of months or years down the line uh, until they have to, to to face the consequences of this. But it's been huge uh, the last number of days uh, for the event itself. Yeah, one player in particular said a little bit more on social media uh, than the majority of others. Quickly changed his mind on it, of course. Uh, That Instagram story has probably been viewed more than the majority of anything we've ever posted in our lives. The man's been on absolute fire this year. Uh, That's Gerwin Price indeed. Uh, But obviously there's still the fallout of Michael Van Gerwen's comments after he's had to withdraw um, and everything else going around. And the sheer volume now that there's conversations starting to build up on social media about postponing the tournament, about cancelling it, about the concerns about future withdrawals. And I think the issue with that is, and we'll, we'll probably touch on this a little bit later, knowing uh, what clip is, is going to come up um, in the interview section as well. They've just set a precedent that the minute anybody tests positive after they've played their first game, they have to withdraw. Um a buy is awarded. The only way you could stop a tournament is if everybody's reached the same round, which would then be tomorrow at the close of play. And then you've got the quarterfinals, semifinals and final. Um, but then you've got contracts, broadcasters, scheduling. Can't push it back any further, really, because then you're infringing on Q school, uh, which then has a knock-on effect on the Masters, which ITV have a contract for. You start pushing the contract back. You lose Pro Tour weekends to start. You lose Challenge Tour weekends to start. And the Premier League is back in its normal slot this year. You can't start moving those arenas around again should the UK government accept that everything is fine for us to carry on. Um, Clearly, there is some discrepancy between what the players have to test and what the fans have to test to be in the venue, which is all a little bit confusing. But let's be honest, it's been confusing from day one here in the UK. The the government advice has never really been the same across any platform. Um, And it's disappointing that once again it is playing a major part in the biggest darts tournament in the world. Um, But I'd pretty much come to the conclusion right now there's nothing we can do about it. It's really unfortunate. I hope that there might be some sort of discussions around bubbling the final eight. Obviously, they're played uh, the quarterfinals, the semifinals, and the final played on three consecutive days, I think. No, semis and finals are. Um, but it's just a smaller group. They, they can take a, a place, etc., cetera, um, travel, and, and all those sort of things. That conversation may well pop up, but I'm pretty sure that Certain players have already got their own accommodation and with friends and family and are doing it pretty safe. Peter Wright's one of those. So it's all going to get potentially a little bit messy. We don't want this title decided by who manages to avoid COVID-19 the most. Um, but that is very much a 
possible outcome right now. Um, on to the action then, boys. And I'd love to say it gets a little bit more cheery, but the first game was a little bit difficult to watch at times. However, Alan Suter continues his fine 2021, Charlie. He beats Jose de Souza 4-3. Um, an exceptional way to finish the match, but a lot to be said about the rest of it. Yeah, um, I mean, you've just got to... I said it last night as well on, on the podcast. I said that... Um, You've got to say fair play to Alan Suter, who worked so hard behind the scenes of darts. He's doing, what, 15, 16-hour shifts in between playing. Uh, you know, he, he said he didn't even... He'd have to get people to cover him if he made it through the next the next round like he did today. But um, a really impressive performance from him. I mean, somehow he didn't win that first set. I will never know. I I, I honestly don't know how he didn't. The amount of darts he had at a, at a double on the outer ring. Um, but the maturity that he showed, and and he didn't really have to come up against Jose de Souza that did, he didn't fire at all in the in the game. And um, look, the way that he finished it was exceptional, and he showed some real maturity to get through. And you know, fair play to him for getting through. A lot of us wouldn't have predicted that um, before the game. No, and Liam, look, I've, I've been trying to deny this for a long, long time now. Jose de Souza is not very good in games when it goes tight, when it goes scrappy. We know he's had health issues this year. He's spoken a lot about how having the vaccination for COVID has affected him um, and his, his physical state, also uh, diabetes as well. And the fact that he has the number version of dyslexia, I think it's called dyscalculia. So he struggles with the numbers. Add all that into one big combination. The pressure of crowds returning. Obviously, he won his uh, Grand Slam title behind closed doors. Put it all in one big mix apart. And Jose de Souza has not had a, a, the best 2021, considering the impact he made previously. No, he hasn't had the best 2021. But look, I mean, we've questioned it before, whether when it comes down to it, he has the ability to scrap and, and fight out a game at the very best. And I think that's probably Alan Souza's best quality, is scrapping out a game when it goes deep and, it, and he has to dig it out. He really has the capability, even when he's not in his best form, we've seen him produce better quality performances in the pro tour and he's dug it out and he's performed much better than this. Um, as uh, as re with regards to the cells, I mean, there's a couple of counting issues again there, thinking there's a couple of finishes. I think he went tops, tops on 80 and he was going double, double 18, double tops to finish the 76. Really baffling, really, when, when you have three darts in hand to go for 76, that you choose that option. But look, fair fair play to Alan Suter. His first year on the tour, he's everyone. There's a lot of people knew beforehand that he had the capabilities to play on the tour. He was a, he's a, a top quality player. We've seen him on on the BDO circuit previous to this. That he has the capabilities to survive at the top level, uh, and he scrapped out another win. And look, he's nothing to lose at this stage, really. And the fact that he's got this far is the credit of himself. Uh, Why holding down the full time job, like Charlie said. And look, he has nothing to lose in the next round. And uh, and everything to play for, really. Nothing to lose, indeed. He's up to award number 51 right now is Alan Suter. A couple more victories into the semi-final stage, and maybe just outside the top 32, which would uh, be an exceptional year for him, indeed. Obviously, the World Championships has a massive, massive amount of waiting on that one. Uh, you know the drill by now, folks. Uh, we do have interview clips, uh, small little snippets from each of the winners, interviews from today we're going to play them after we've finished discussion each of the games and hopefully these discussions take long enough for johnny uh for michael smith sorry not even johnny clayton spoiler alert uh michael smith to be ready for us to talk about that at the end of the fifth game uh the interviews are available in full on our youtube channel uh head over there once we finish the show you don't want to miss out on this these three Fine gentleman in front of you having a conversation about that uh, before you head to sleep or watch them in the morning at your own leisure. But this one, folks, is Alan Suter after his victory over Jose de Souza. But in in my head, I felt I should have been more in control of that. He, he didn't turn up at all. So it, a bit of a fire brigade pun, Jose or Jose B, and it was Jose B that turned up. You know, he didn't he didn't turn up there. So I'll take that all day long. Something that you picked up on. Yeah, of course. Mensah was similar. The game against Mensah, the game against Jose is exactly the same. You can see, and then you can see him forcing a 59, a 57, a 58, and he was struggling. So, yeah, of course you feed off that. Of course you do. He definitely had that pun prepared. That's terrible from Alan Suter. <laughs> but I th to be fair, he is absolutely bang on. Alan Suter had 61 darts at a double today and still averaged five points higher than Jose 
despite having eight percentage points less than him. Um, went all the way, stayed a little bit tighter than it should have. But Adam Suter gets over the line. Uh, on to the second game of the day and the final game in the afternoon session because of that withdrawal uh, by Dave Chisnell Award and Luke Humphreys uh, by uh, Nathan Aspinall against Callan Rids. And look, Nathan Aspinall is struggling with an arm injury a little bit. He's still got it taped up. But even at his very best, I think he would have struggled to live with Callum Ridge today, Liam. That was an exceptional performance from the scruffy youngster, as he's been dubbed. Yeah, yeah, dubbed is right. But look, I mean, Callum Ridge was absolutely brilliant today. I mean, uh, it was relentless, really, the pace of the game alone from uh, him. I mean, he, he raced into a Trina lead didn't really give Aspen a chance and Aspen we know is one of the best scrappers on the tour I mean he'll dig deep and he'll force the game out of anyone um, look maybe he has some injury problems now we can see that he was wearing um, strapping on his arm and that, that's never easy if you have an injury coming into this game but even anyone who knows Rids and has watched the tour this year I mean two two wins on the floor this year he's reached the quarterfinal of the match play I mean, that terrific win over Rob Cross where he was hitting bullseye uh, for fun in some of them checkouts. And look, it's no surprise really. And he was an outsider going into this game as well. And, and like for many of us that he was probably considered uh, that, that, that was that was not to be, it was wrong that he was the outsider against Aspen because the way he's played this year. And, and he certainly fancies chances now to, to go deep in this tournament because he's nothing to lose. A fantastic player. Uh, and uh, look, the, the scoreline was 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 brilliant. Aspen maybe wasn't at his best, but uh, I mean, a phenomenal performance from from Rids today. Yeah, I mean, Aspen was not at his best, but it's still just under a ninety six match average, four out of sixteen on the doubles, which is probably the issue here. The fact that Callum Rids has effectively beaten him twelve four in legs, Charlie, that's a massive, massive difference, one we're not used to seeing from Nathan Aspen because he is renowned as one of the best scrappers. He can stay in the game. He can stay with an opponent when they go berserk. He's so, so solid on his own throw. will put you under a little bit of pressure on your own. We'll have a sniper at those big finishes. He took out two-ton pluses in those four checkouts that he actually managed to be successful. Everything was pretty much there for Nathan Aspinall. And 95 average is, is, would have done you pretty much a solid job in this World Championship so far. But Callum Ridge was just that level above. Yeah, and the thing that, you know, Nathan will have have been probably a bit shocked about was how the consistency that Callan showed throughout the game. There wasn't really a drop off in his game. He, he was just he was relentless in the way that he played, and that's why Nathan couldn't scrap it. If he got a set back, he may have been able to reel another one off, but he didn't really get. Obviously, he got the the, the opportunities because he missed darts on the outer ring. But Callan was so impressive, and I don't know if I said last night that I wasn't sure if we'd already seen the best of him. But the best is still yet to come because he seems to just tip. He goes. Beyond, better and beyond every single game that we see him, um, but that was that was a real demolition job from from Callum Rids, and yeah, I think he's in a in absolute dream world, isn't he? At the moment, he can't believe what he's doing, but um, yeah, that was a brilliant performance, and you know, just disappointing that we didn't get a, a real scrap that I thought it was going to be. Correct, indeed. A few comments in the chat room. Sam says Rids is treble twenty ball, treble thirteen set up for thirty two in the final. It was probably my favourite visit of the whole day. Fantastic darts. It was so good. It was so calm. He knew where he was going. And the cameraman followed it, which is a first in this tournament. We actually saw the darts go in, which was a bonus because we, we clearly missed a few. I know it happens at, at pace. Uh, G says, Rids and Suter have been exceptional and surprisingly good. Gobby, completely agree that Alan Suter has, has had a little bit of fortune in his run. He's had an out of sorts mentor, an out of sorts Jose D'Souza. But you, have, you can only beat what is in front of you. And Alan Suter's continued to do that throughout this tournament, as he's done throughout the year. I've seen this comment floating around a little bit, boys, uh, about Clayton not being included on the poll as well. We've only put winners on the poll through the entire tournament. And because there are other winners, five matches for the rest of the tournament, it pretty much becomes easy after tomorrow because at the maximum there's four games. We can start dividing it up. So we have to make those odd decisions. Michael Smith, Won the game, so he's the one that drops onto that pole. That Gary Anderson fought from three sets down. Gerwin Price, 12 legs on the spin. And uh, Callum Ridge was exceptional, as we've just discussed. So, yeah, look, Johnny Clayton put up a fantastic fight. And we'll talk about that a little bit more when we talk about that game. Um, but he didn't make the poll because there's only four options, unfortunately. Until YouTube allow us to pick more players on that poll, that's the most that we can put up there. 
Uh, Rids hasn't dropped the set all tournament. Is he a dark horse? Look, the more and more this continues to open up as well, the more and more you can definitely put that in the conversation. We've already lost Johnny Clayton, one of the favourites. We've lost Michael Van Gerwen, Peter Wright and Gerwin Price remain in the tournament. Michael Smith, James Wade, Rob Cross still fighting. Uh, but him or Gary Anderson will fall tomorrow. Um, definitely, definitely in that conversation. And Jamie says, Rids hair, what's the deal? Look, I just, I just think he's comfortable. He's this young lad that just is not overly image conscious, despite the amount of times it was referenced on the coverage. I was a little bit disappointed in that, to be honest, boys, um, after seeing it and, and watching it back. Just the, just the sheer volume of comments. One or two, fair enough, okay. But after that, it sort of feels as a little bit something else underlying. And I'd rather they've just moved on and discussed something else. Um, let's hear then from Callum Ritz in his post-match press conference, and then we'll move on to the evening session. Yeah, that's sort of the plan. You know he's injured, so you know you're turning a lot. The pressure's already on him, and with with the the injury he's got, it, it's not good in the obviously the right arm. But when I when I went terminal up, I just thought, oh, I went go three 0 and then get and relax, and that's what I've done. That caught me by a lot of surprise. I was trying to catch up with Twitter. Uh, but Callum Ridd's in a good mood. And I'm, I tell you what, with all the COVID pullouts as well, boys, from what I've seen on social media, Callum Ridd's has been getting the train to and from Geordie Land, where he is from. I'm hoping that changes for the rest of the tournament. Don't take that risk anymore. Get yourself a lift up and down. You've earned an absolute fortune in this World Championship right now. Buy yourself an Uber. Just, just get there as safely as you can. With as minimal contact as possible. Appreciate the timing, etc. But let's just get him to the tournament as safe as possible so that nobody else uh, has to withdraw from this 2022 World Championships. Um, on to the evening session, boys. And it started with a comeback that I just did not see coming for large parts of this game. Uh, Gary Anderson from the depths of defeat pulls uh, it back against Ian White for three, Liam. I don't like making these comments, but that was a very Ian White performance to lose from that position. And it was a very Gary Anderson performance to pull it back at the World Championships, despite clearly using the wrong equipment. Yeah, look, it, it wasn't pretty. I mean, Anderson averaged 90. I think White averaged 88. Um, even for this stage of the tournament, for them kind of averages to be produced, it's not great. Um, I've seen a statistic from Philip Wolf on Twitter there before we came on, came on. 102 darts missed a double in the last three meetings between the, 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 these, these two. And I, mean, I was that, glad that, I sat down when I saw that stat. Well, <laughs> I mean, that says... I'm not sure it's actually that much of a surprise now I've said that. (laughs) It's just very typical of their meetings. No, and and even a Trina Lopo wasn't convinced with White that he was going to finish it out. And even with Anderson, if he'd have been Trina Lopo, I wouldn't have been convinced either. There's just something about when these two meet that there's there's arrows going uh, uh, everywhere. It just didn't look convincing. And somehow even Anderson, look, he, he pegged in there. He won it back. He won the match. I mean, he he will admit himself that it just wasn't good enough either. But look, he's into the next round. You do what you have to do. But they're not pretty. It's not a pretty view when these two meet in recent times. Uh, look, I didn't really enjoy myself to be honest. Uh, I mean, Ian White, how he left left it going. I don't know. Is there an, uh, an element of doubt in his mind when he's playing Gary, or when it gets to this stage of the tournament that he just can't finish it out, or what it is? But. Look, it is what it is. Gary gets over the line. It wasn't pretty, um, but certainly if White wants to progress further in his career uh, and the, uh, with, what, with what remains in his career, that he certainly has to, to um, start pulling together when these big matches, um, when, he, when he plays in these big matches. He can indeed. Charlie, I'm coming to you to talk about Garrison's darts in just a second. Uh, but Henry's done some research. Uh, what a night, what a game. Just to mention about Callum Reed's and get an Uber from Newcastle to Ali Pali for 500 quid or 700 quid if he wants to go exec. Maybe we start a crowdfunder because he just, just, just get there safely. <laughs> but that's fantastic work. Thank you very much, Henry. Um, Charlie, the equipment. We have this conversation about Peter Wright constantly. He'd come out after his win yesterday and said that he knows that the, the gold grip darts that he won the match play with should be the ones, but he doesn't like them. He can't play with them. 
can't practice with them. Completely disagree after averaging 104 or whatever it was for four sets with them. Gary Anderson is doing something very, very similar at the minute. He is trying to move away from the darts that won him the majority of his titles. Uh, the, the straight barrel, he's had him in the Noir version. He's had him in the, the two-ring version, which is just a little... Basically, aesthetic changes. They are the best equipment for Gary Anderson. The same way the others are the best for Peter Wright. At what point do we just have to bang their heads together and say, I don't care about what you think you prefer this is what suits you. You've done it for so long. You play so well with them. Just eke out those last moments at your career at the very highest level. Yeah, 100%. And look, Gary just needs to not speak to Peter Wright about anything dart related because <laughs> it seems to be that he's, he's, he's telling him to change his darts. But I don't see why they don't just use the ones that are the best for them. You know, you saw the change in Peter Wright. And, and for Gary, he's a very in the way that he is, his darts will work for him and he doesn't want to be tinkering now. Um, and he'd have probably been thinking that when he was sort of on the cusp of defeat today. Um, but as as Liam said, he'll be he'll be happy that he's got through. I, I don't know whether he'll change him again. I thought Peter Wright might change his before um, his next game, but I, I can't see Gary maybe going back with them. Um, but as he said in his post-match, I think he said that he, he, threw, he threw really well with him in the practice room. But just go with what you've been using. Go with what you know works and it'll get you and it'll make you play that little bit better and and you know you won't be involved in scraps like he was tonight Liam Peter Wright makes similar comments about the darts going really well for them in practice and not bringing it to the match board it's completely different pressure but Gary Anderson tells us he doesn't practice so he either practices with yeah. a new darts or he doesn't practice there's no there's no winning with it Gary you're not having us Look, I just can't, I cannot understand it. The biggest tournament of the year and you just start going fiddling with your darts. Uh, I know they're, they're, they're brilliant darts players, but I mean, so much money on the line, so much uh, at stake uh, and they start fiddling around, round on round. It's not even at the start of the tournament with the stick with a, a set of darts and they're playing on with them. I mean, I just, I mean, look, he probably caught himself out there saying that he'd, he'll play with a different player because it's what he was practising with, but... Look, I just don't get a secret what you're used to, especially if you lose, you lose, but them, them set of darts that have served you well in the past. I just don't get it. Uh, round on round changing darts. I mean, I mean, it's, it seems foolish from the outside, maybe from the inside, whatever, it's going well for them in the practice. It must be working well because we certainly don't see the same results when they go up to and toe the hockey um, when they play the match. But look each their own if that's what they want to do I'm sure we can persuade them differently and that's what they'd continue to do I don't think they're about to listen to us three anytime soon but we have <laughs> to keep making the point because everybody can see it but them I'm going to keep making it till we're blue in the face few in the chat room about this one Jack says Cross probably wins but typical Gary can prove tomorrow and win Gary absolutely loves this world championship uh, Brandon says in White's defence, he does have some terrible luck. He does, but at the same time, this is sport. You make your own luck at the same time. And Ian White does not make an awful lot of it when he's in front of the TV cameras. Okay, hasn't had the Euro Tour, which has become his bread and butter over the last few years this season. Um, but he's had a couple of decent results and, and really should have kicked on. He would have been in the Premier League a couple of years ago comfortably if he had a slightly better TV uh, record. Um, G says, I like the way he just waved his hands down after he beat White. Does does very similar. Not really sure what to be there. And over in Matt says, Anderson not playing well enough to be in the mix this year. Think he's a good draw to get he's into the last 16. We shall see. Uh, let's hear then from the winner, Gary Anderson. And then we'll look at the final two matches from this evening. Uh, this is Gary Anderson. It doesn't really help anybody. You know, I, I think it's, 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 it's hard. It's not. It's kind of well. To me, it's not right. You know, you've got players losing money. You've got players gaining money, and it's it's going to be a kind of shambles for the next few months in the rankings. I think. I think it's just a bit. What could we do? Shut us down. You could go by the first round. Everyone that played the first round was fit. Play that. Losers get paid. Winners get paid. Call it a day. Do away with it this year. Is that what you do? Do away with it. You have to. Well, I don't know. It's, it's hard. You know, everyone's, we're all being, well, trying to be, but you don't know. You know, every day there's somebody else getting it, so I don't know. It's one of these things. But if I miss my holiday, 
God help you. How very typical, Gary. The man that just wants to play darts, calling for darts to not be played. Um, obviously, uh, we've, we've known his feelings. He hasn't travelled out of the UK at any real moment this year due to COVID, but he will want to get away for his holiday at the end of a very long season indeed. Uh, penultimate game of the evening, um, and Gerwin Price took on Dirk van Dijvenberde. And after set one, Liam, I thought we were in for a bit of a contest. But that did not materialise. Uh, Dirk van Dijvenberde took the opening set, fell off a cliff, and Gerwin Price won 12 legs on the spin to progress to the quarterfinals. Yeah, I actually thought we were only for quite a game uh, pre-match. Even I thought van Dijvenberde would give Price was uh, would um, give him a proper game before we got into this. But won the first set was scrappy enough. Uh, but my God, did it turn turn on its head after then? Price just seemed to cruise control. He wasn't put under any pressure whatsoever, um, and it was just one way traffic from the world champ. It, it just seemed so easy from him. And once he gets, once he got into his flow, he just made it look like it was uh, an easy innings for him. I mean, ninety six average. I think the Van Dijvenbord averaged eighty three, and which was well below par. I was really disappointed with the level of performance from Dark. I just thought he'd. He'd give it more to 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 Price, really make him work for it. Uh, even though I, I had Price coming out as a winner at the end of it, I just thought he really rolled over, and it's, that's not the kind of performance you wanted to see. Uh, I really wanted to see Garwin push more in this game, but it, it wasn't to be. Yeah, Charlie, it was it was a little bit flat from Dirk, who's who's been very very good uh, at times throughout the years, pulled off a good performance to make this round of the tournament. But when Gerwin Price is missing doubles the way he is in the first set, okay, Dirk does punish eventually, but you felt like it was taking a little bit too long for that to ever not go Price's way in the match, despite the slow start. Yeah, I mean, he does, he, he can, he sometimes is susceptible to, to starting slow. Um, and when he went 1-0 down, I thought we were in for a real scrap here. This could go either way. But I did not see that coming. I didn't see the dominance coming that that we saw where he literally reeled off all the remaining legs and that was it. You know, it was it was impressive and that's why he's world number one at the moment. It's just a shame that Dirk didn't produce what we hoped he had. I think sometimes his best game is is unstoppable and his worst game is 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 pretty much a, a drop in the a drop off from what he, we used to seeing. But you just saw towards the end there was one doubt where. He just threw it, and he just—he was looking away. He didn't even look at the board. I don't think at, at one. I mean, you kind of knew how he was feeling because it just didn't click for him tonight. But you've got to say well done to Going Price because he was clinical, and you know he really did the job well. But having he'll probably have watched the Clayton Smith match tonight, and he'll have seen what a game that was as well. It's we're in for a really good game in the next round, and you know Price will hope that um, he can replicate that performance again when he uh, when he plays in the in the next round. Yeah, Liam, it's easy to switch off if you're going price in that situation. You don't have an awful lot coming back at you. You could probably win the game if you drop down a gear or two. Still, it might be a go a little bit tighter. But to finish with that 96 average, 45% on the doubles, five-ton plus checkouts, never really gave Dirk that opportunity to get back in the match because we've seen him produce comebacks already in this tournament. Yeah, and look, I mean, it was professional performance from Garwin. I mean, you can only be what's in front of you at the end of the day. And look, I mean, if you, like you said, 45% in the doubles, 96 average, that's a really good, solid performance. Uh, and at the end of the day, look, he wants to retain the title. And I mean, these games will come about, and it's about getting it over the line. Didn't, didn't give Dirk any sniff of an opportunity to get back into the game to improve that average to to leave him back in any bit, even winning a leg or a set or whatever it was. Uh, and it was a really professional performance from Price. I mean, it tells a lot about a player when he can win, when his opponent isn't playing well either, and just get the job done. A professional performance, got over the line, and Price will be happy enough with that. He will indeed. Let's hear from him. Then we'll move on to the final game of the evening, because what a game that was. And a little conversation is just starting in the chat room that lays into that one perfectly as well. Uh, so this one is Gerwin Price in his post-match press conference. Do you still stand by that? No, I mean, I probably spoke to a, a little bit too soon. I mean, it's hard work to get these tournaments on and the PDC and everybody else involved, you know, is they do a fantastic job and, you know, it needs to be finished. But if it did get postponed, then I'd agree. But I agree with it still carrying on as well because it's hard work to get these tournaments underway. 
someone may have had a word in Gezi's ear between <laughs> the first Instagram post and the second Instagram post because he changed his mind very, very quickly indeed. But look, it's fantastic that he does wear his heart on the sleeve. He is so open with how he's feeling. But at times, if you're in Camp Gezi, maybe you just tell him to rein it in just a little bit, do the talking on the dartboard and, and post less frequently or put something in your drafts, wait 10 minutes. And if you still think it's a good idea to post, then post it. I think there's a very snap reaction from Gezi an awful lot. And look, it gives us plenty to talk about. It gives social media an awful lot to talk about. But at times, I think when you're in the position that Gerwin Price is, who has such a love-hate relationship with fan base, the crowd, etc. as well, just that extra moment might benefit Gerwin Price. Um, into the final match of the day and a contender not only for game of the day, but one of the best games we've ever seen in the last 16. It's right up there with uh, Van Barneveld versus Van Gerwen that is shown on darts gold constantly. And it has reignited the spark in the chat room for the conversation for Michael Smith to be included in the Premier League. Obviously, Phil Barr started that. He's in the background absolutely chuckling to himself. <laughs> that was not me typing in the screen. Um, but look, you cannot deny when Michael Smith is playing well, he's a fantastic watch. He played at great pace. And tonight, we saw a different level of composure from Michael Smith, I thought, Charlie. That was one of the most mature performances I've ever seen from Michael Smith. Yeah, and I think this time last year, he'd, got, he'd have been beaten. And I think he'd have probably admitted that. But I, I keep Not even last year. I think this time for the previous part of his career. The only time yeah. he may have come through another game like that is when he went deep at the match play a couple of years ago. Yeah, and you just got to see that there's that real determination in him now. He's worked so hard on on the other aspects of the game that he he he's sometimes let himself down with his frustrations and and airing his frustrations on the stage. And now he's he's completely changed. And that performance was unbelievable. Um, to fight back like he did when Johnny Clayton was um, you know was was essentially steamroller in him and then he came back and then Johnny Clayton then came back again at him and I thought that was going to be it for him but unbelievable from both players to to be able to sustain such a level of of performance and the quality that we that was on show was was unbelievable tonight there was no drop off and I was just so jealous for the people who got to see it live because that was unbelievable yeah Liam look Johnny Clayton has had an absolutely fantastic year four televised titles perhaps a little bit unlucky in the fact that the majority of those have been unranking, so it's not reflected truly just how good of a year he has had. Could have comfortably been, comfortably have been top four, had all that prize money counted towards the order of merit, if not above Michael Van Gogh. And after he's had to leave the event early this year, defending an awful lot of money, um, he has been fantastic throughout the year. And it was going to take something special to beat him this year, wasn't it? Oh, certainly. I think he, like I even had written down here that he was absolutely relentless in the first couple of sets and even the performances he's shown this year. I mean, I mean, he's won the Grand Prix, he's won the Premier League. He's just been absolutely relentless all year. I mean, he, he looks ice cold when he's taking some of those shots out. He's just performances, 140s, uh, the big scores coming back when, when it seems to be going against him. Um, but unfortunately for him today wasn't going to be his day. I mean, look, he's probably been one of the best players in the world this year. There's no doubt in that. Probably one or one of the two or three best players. There's there's no um, denying that, that he's been absolutely phenomenal this year. And like you said, it was going to take something special to beat him. And in fairness to Bully Boy, he was absolutely unbelievable today in beating him. Uh, and he probably needed that performance to take him out in this tournament. He was indeed. Charlie, there wasn't an awful lot made about it at the time, but Johnny Clayton found himself on 162 in what turned out to be the deciding leg. It's not the first time we've seen Johnny miscount. Something he needs to add to his game just a little bit because in those crucial moments, it has cost him. Massively. And we've sometimes seen Michael Smith throw away those opportunities and that's what's been the difference between him winning you know, the big tournaments and the, and the big titles. But he doing that, he just gives... He just releases that pressure on on Michael Smith massively, especially in in a game that he needs um, Smith to miss to miss darts at a double. But you know, it's just a simple error like that, which you'll look back and think, Do you know, what? if I'd have just just set it up, then you know, you never know, and he may not have got a chance anyway. But it is those it is the fine margins in these games, and when they go to the sudden death legs and the and the deciding legs, that's what sort of separates the two players. But 
you know, what a performance by both of them. And it's just, I, I really wanted it to go to a, a sudden death leg, to be honest, because that would have been, it just, I, I wouldn't have even know which way it was going to go. But um, a brilliant performance by both. And, you know, Michael Smith will have real confidence now that he can take this game on and, and hopefully replicate that against going price. Yeah, and I suppose the key thing about that one six two, Liam, if he's on a one six four, look, it may not have gone, and he may not have got the opportunity at it, but we will never know. And the fact is, he only then gets a chance to set up a finish. It gives Michael Smith that time to to pick his route, set up a finish that's nicer for him from his position, and effectively win the game. And the top top level, you have to give yourself those outside opportunities just in case, don't you? Like Keith Della one three eight, for example, you just have to be there to give yourself that opportunity. Yeah, and look, even when Michael Smith's looking down at the scoreboard, he can see his opponent on on, on a on a checkout. Even uh, puts that little bit of added pressure on them that look down. Even if he gets one or two trebles in, and even if he misses it, still adds to the tension. The crowd gets on his back then a little bit, makes all the difference. And especially at this level, I mean, we've seen it time and time again how a big score coming in. Uh, before an opponent takes out a shot that that can make all the difference just to add that little bit of pressure. Uh, but look, it wasn't to be for Johnny. Look, we probably can't fault his counting for the rest of the year. I know there's been one or one or two times throughout the year that we, we, we can fault it maybe. But look, he's won what he's won this year and it just maybe wasn't to be. It was Michael Smith's day and he was, he was going to win it today because he was just relentless really. Yeah, back to Michael Smith before we do hear from him. I want to address this comment on the screen because I too am guilty of feeling that after the 48 winning and the double the, the attempt at double 12 went so far, it was such a horrid, snatchy dart. The darts that we're used to seeing Michael Smith not connect with at the back end at the really big important moments in tournaments over the last few years. The composure to step back up and pin that double six, Charlie, to stay alive in the game. That's what makes me believe there is something different about Michael Smith in this tournament. There is something about this Michael Smith that can pressure Gerwin Price in the next round. And if he gets through that, he will be heavy, heavy favourite for this title. 100%. And it is something that I've been picked, I've picked up on quite a bit is that he does tend to miss the, the darts at the crucial time. And that's what's the difference between him not being... You know, not having so not having titles on his CV because that's what's happened, and he's and then he'll miss them and he'll get frustrated, and then his game will suffer. Now he's hitting the doubles at the right time, and I for one would have said he'd, he'd have missed it if I'd have sat there. And when I sat there, I thought he's going to miss this. He didn't. He showed some real composure, maturity to get through, and that that explosion at the end where he ran ran around, he couldn't believe it. He was on his he was on his knees on the stage. I think that's just sort of the release of all the energy and the stress and the pressure that he's put himself under. Um, but he keeps he keeps a wrap on it. He keeps his he keeps his head focused. And yeah, when the when the double when he needed the double, it came for him tonight. It did indeed. Before we hear from Michael Smith, Jamie says, my prediction is now in tatters. I'd like to say I'm surprised. I got a notification this morning from Juanita telling me that I was up to 16th in the fantasy uh, league table for online darts. Juanita was just a few points behind me. I've had a very, very good week in that, but I'm absolutely not surprised that any of my predictions are ever in the mud. It, it just seems to be what happens. Um, let's then hear from... Not in yet. Phil, you've done me dirty. You're in the background and there's no clip. Is it still uploaded? Gob, Gob I've just, I, I haven't, to be honest, I haven't had a look at the fantasy for a few days, but. Um, Let nice. me try and load that up while it's I look, hopefully. It's looking tasty, mate, for me at the moment. to log in and everything again we'll, we'll try and get that back up in a minute i was hopefully about to hear from michael smith but he's not in the back end i've got the sign for two minutes so we'll keep talking about this one then okay here's a question liam we started this segment about this game discussing michael smith for the premier league or the chat room certainly did um i think people's field will have changed an awful lot during this tournament jose de salsa um, potentially one that may miss out. Nathan Aspinall's injury, Gary Anderson looking for a holiday, etc. Rob Cross has been exceptional. Um, the um, roller coaster ride that is the Fallon Sherrick experience seemed to take a bit of a dive after that performance as well. Is Michael Smith now in your Premier League 10? 
Um, as it stands, yeah, I would say so. I think from what we've seen from Jose de Souza today, I certainly, Michael Smith, I mean, he's a great flow. I mean, his throw is brilliant. And when he's on, he's on. I mean, it's, it, it, there's not too many players you'd rather watch when, when the, when he's, when he's at the top level uh, and performing to his best that you'd rather watch than Michael Smith. I think, look, if, if he gets, beats Garon Price, I think he's definitely in. Um, but at, at the moment, after tonight's performance, I would say that Michael Smith surely has to be close to getting in there for me. Um, and if he was playing any of them them top players in the Premier League, um, I definitely want to be tuning in for that one. Charlie, same question to you. We've seen an early exit for Dimitri Vandenberg. We've seen Jose de Salza not quite deliver. Um, Nathan Aspinall is now down to world number 14, by the way, following the end of this tournament. And that could drop still uh, with big victories for Mervyn King and a very nice part of the draw and Ryan Searle. Um, is Michael Smith in your Premier League 10 right now? Yeah, I think he's very close. Um, I think he's very, very close. I think if he beats Price, he's 100% in. But for me, today showed today's results showed a, a change in the way that Smith is going to play his darts now. And, you know, after all the sort of the moaning that he went on about not being involved, if he if he is in, I wouldn't be surprised if, he, if he's in. Um, but again, there's going to be questions on Dimmy or Jose. Do they make it in? There's going to be a lot of questions about who, 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 who makes the, the, the cut for it. But Michael Smith is not far away at all. Indeed, indeed. Marcus, I still think it would be hard, very hard to leave out Jose after getting to the Premier League final last year. I agree. That's how Nathan Aspinall and Glenn Dorrant were back in the tournament last year. Um, I think Jose might... Look, Jose's still world number five at the minute. That can change with big results for Rob Cross, Michael Smith, Gary Anderson, or Ryan Searle, Mervyn King doing absolute bits um, from here on in. Um, so I think Jose will still be in for one more year, potentially, um, but he'd need a big season next year to make sure that he stays in. Um Good news, boys. We don't have to fill any more. Michael Smith is ready to hear from. Let's see what the Bully Boy had to say after his uh, match with Johnny Clayton. Gone. I'm absolutely knackered. But I know um, that took a lot and just mentally, physically, and a lot of draining. But yeah, I'm really happy. With, really happy with the win. And there's not much more I can say. I'm just my mind's in a <clears throat> in a weird circle. It's just yeah. I'm, yeah, it's up there for drama. <laughs> drama and big scores, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's obviously, after the last two years I've had at the Worlds, it's nice to be in such a game and come out the winner. 2018 wasn't so much like that when I played Rob Cross and I missed the two darts at double 18. But yeah, finally being involved with one of them and coming out as the winner, yeah, it, it it's up there, it feels good. Me and you both, knackered bully boy, mate. This is a long, long tournament for us in the media as well. Uh, but what an exceptional battle that was from him. Uh, boys, on to tomorrow night's action. A quick reminder before we do that, if you haven't done so already, uh, don't forget to, to, like, to like today's show, subscribe to the channel and comment below to get involved. Uh, in the next session, we'll be... Uh, next section. Uh, we'll be flashing up your score predictions on screen as well. Just fire the number score prediction and who you think will win each of those matches. Um, and before we do, that's a great comment. Bully Boy just took out the hottest player of the year in the biggest tournament. I tip my captain. Very well said indeed. Right, looking ahead to tomorrow and the final last 16 matches. Six of them uh, will then complete the quarterfinal field. And what a quarterfinals this could be at the World Championship couple of outsiders, couple of big upsets, but still plenty of big names still involved in the PDC World Championship. We start tomorrow, Charlie, with Raymond Smith, the last Aussie standing. Who would have thought that at the start of the tournament against Mervyn King, the man that Lee Boyce has tipped for a semi-final? What is Boise thinking? Uh, who comes out on top in this one? Yeah, I, I, although I don't want to see him about the tournament because I think he's had an absolute dream uh, World Championship but I think this is the end of the road now for, for Raymond Smith it's a shame because I've been really impressed by by his performance and he's, he's been a bit of a shock for everyone um, I'm going to go with Mervyn King to win I'm going to go 4-2 um, I just think as the tournament progresses in the crucial moments I think King will have too much for him 
Um, and I think he'll just have the the experience on the big stage to to get over the line. But yeah, I'm going to go Mervyn King to win, and I think he wins four two. Liam, how do you see this one going? Uh, yeah, I agree with Charity there. I think um, Smith has had a brilliant run. I think he needs one more win as to get the tour card. Um, I'm not quite sure he gets over the line. To be honest, I think King has been around too long. He has far too much experience. I'm not too sure King goes much further than this, but I think he does get over um, the match with Smith. I think he wins 4-1. I am going to go... It's difficult not to back Merv for me. Um, I too am going to back him for two. And I think that makes Raymond Smith's decision a lot, lot easier uh, because there's been a lot of talk about potentially not accepting the tour card. Obviously, if he doesn't win, then he doesn't have to make that decision. I'm not saying that's why, but I just think that Mervyn King is a very, very experienced campaigner. Um, Smith has been very, very solid throughout this tournament. Mid-90s average, good, good finishing, very, very solid. But I think that sort of game plays into Mervyn King's hand because he can up the tempo when he needs it. Um, and I think that will be the difference. So I'm going 4-2 to Mervyn King. Uh, game number two. Uh, what a scrap this could be. Alan Suter takes on Callan Rids. Liam, and I'm coming to you first. Yeah, look, I was really impressed with what I've seen from Rids today. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. Um, Suter has done brilliantly to get to where he has done. Um, and I wouldn't say many people tipped him to go this far. I know he had a good win over um, Sulevich in the last round and today as well but I just think Rids is just too strong for him I think the firepower that he showed today is just going to be too much for, for Alan Suter and I think I'm going to tip him to come through this one uh, for two Charlie same question yeah I mean I tipped Jose to beat Suits 4-1 I think it was last night so I really don't I, don't, I, I think it will be I'm going to have the same result but I'm going to go Callum Rids to to, to beat Alan Suter. It's a shame because I've been really impressed with him throughout the tournament. He's been scrappy. I just don't think Rids will will get involved in a scrap. I think he'll just power ahead early and, and we'll have too much um, for, for Alan Suter. But nevertheless, if he does bow out tomorrow, the Alan Suter's had an exceptional tournament. He has indeed, but I do agree with you. Callum Rids was exceptional today. Suter has been fantastic at being what's in front of him. Uh, and it, look, if, if Suter rocks up, he can really give Callum Rids a game. But he's still averaging around that 90 mark at best so far throughout this tournament. There have been sets where he's been exceptional, but there have been other sets where he's been a little bit flat and a little bit scrappy. And I think if you do that against Callum tomorrow, you will get punished massively. Um, so I'm going to say Callum Rids wins this one for one uh, final game of the afternoon. And this one will be very, very intriguing, boys, because neither of these players played in round number three. Chris Doby will take on Luke Humphreys, two uh, bright sparks for the future, shall we say. Absolutely love a 180 between them. Absolutely love a big finish between them. And have both been handed a real opportunity here, Liam to go far in a PDC World Championships. Who takes this one? I mean, I, I really couldn't call this one when I was trying to figure it out early on. I think both players have been fantastic this year. I mean, Dobie, I mean, the averages that he's shown on tour this year have just been phenomenal. I mean, we know Humphreys has got the UK Open final early on in the year. And look, they're going to kind of be coming in cold to this match as well. I mean, neither, neither of them had the last round games to play. Um, but I just have a funny feeling that Luke Humphreys, I've seen brilliant signs from him this year, and I just think he's going to squeeze this one. I think 4-3 maybe over Dolby. Uh, I could be wrong, but look, I just think I've seen enough from Humphreys this year to suggest that he's really going to kick on in one of these tournaments like he did the UK Open. I really thought he was unlucky maybe not to come away with that because of the turnaround of the games uh, on that weekend. I just think Humphreys might squeeze um, out Dolby on this one. Charlie, you know, come on. Yeah, I'm. I'm the same as Liam. I think this will go to a last set, um, but I think Luke Humphreys will um, will win it. It'd be a shame to see a northeast lad go home. Um, you know, I want to, yeah. I want, okay. <laughs> um, we'll keep as many of the as we can, but I think I think Luke Humphreys <coughs> will show that level of maturity that he's starting to grow nicely. And I think he wins in the last set decider. I think he wins 4-3, but it's going to be a great game. And, you know, 
you can't really call it which way it's going to go. Um, I am going to back... I'm going Chris Doby. I had a feeling that Chris Doby was going to produce a very, very big performance to beat Michael Van Gerwen had that game gone on. It was a little bit flat um, to start with against Rusty Jake Rodriguez. Barely found the maximums at all, which is a rarity for Chris Doby. But he's been so good, so consistent on the tour this year, chucking 100 averages for fun. And I think we see that big, big game from Chris Doby tomorrow. I think he's threatened it for a big tournament for a while now. We get the big game tomorrow. It's normally followed up by a little bit of a dry one, but obviously hasn't had that big game against Michael Van Gerwen to be in that position to have the dry one. So I think he goes big tomorrow. I think he wins 4-2 against Luke Humphreys. I'm back in. Chris Doby in this one. Into the afternoon session then. And another player that received a bye in the previous round, James Wade, will take on Martin. Clearmacher, Charlie, coming to you first. Yeah, Martin Clearmacher has really impressed me. Um, and he's been another one of the a dark horse who's, who's shown that he can play on the big stage, having missed out last year. but uh, And he played amazing against um, Joe Cullen to, to stop the, the comeback. And But I think it's the end of the road for him as well. Um, I think James Wade will have, his consistency will will, will have, be too much for Martin Kleermacher. Um I'm going to go 4-1 to James Wade. Um, and, you know, I think he gets the job done relatively easily. Yeah, Liam, if he's going to win this one, He's got to get out of the blocks early because he does not change gears to James Wade, who's a little bit flat in his round two match. Uh, but how do you see this one going? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to be said for playing on the stage as well. I just, But look, saying that, I just think Wade will be a little bit too strong in this one. I know he didn't play in the last round, but I just think if, if there was ever a time we're going to see a run from James Wade in this tournament, we know he doesn't. Uh, have a great record in this um, in this championship, but I just think Wade will come through this one four two in the end. Yeah, I'm on. I'm on. I'm on Team James Wade. Quite clearly, it was it was very very interesting. I was scrolling back through uh, my Facebook timeline on this day earlier, and seven years ago uh, there was a post from me saying, "Come on, Wadey," followed very very quickly by another one going. Has anybody seen James Wade? He should be at the Alexandra Palace right now and he's just not <laughs> turned up. And it would be the most James Wade thing in this tournament after getting a bye into this round in a match that he should win. He hates the venue. He never seems to do well in this set play. But it has opened up for James Wade an awful lot in this tournament and he has to take advantage of it to add to that legacy of his. And I think he wins this one for 2 uh, penultimate game then of round number four, the last 16, and it's Scotland versus England, the first encounter, or the second encounter of the day, sorry. Uh, Gary Anderson takes on Rob Cross. Uh, if both players are firing, this could be an absolute epic, Liam, but at the minute there's a clear favourite, isn't there? Oh, yes, yeah, certainly. I think what we've seen from Rob Cross so far, he certainly starts the favour going into this match. I've been really impressed and look, I'd go as far as to say he's probably one of the most underrated world champions we've ever seen. He's never talked about going into these big tournaments. So underrated. And I just think as it stands, I can't I can't see anyone other than Rob Cross winning this. But as I say that, Gary Anderson has a knack of winning games of world championships. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if he won either. I just think he has the ability to turn up uh, tomorrow and just turn it on as he does uh, but for me, I just think Rob Cross has just been too strong this year. He's been really, really solid whenever I've seen him play. And I think he comes uh, through this match. I think he'll win 4-2 over Gary Anderson. Yeah, quick shout-out for Lee. Says, i got to go for Gary Anderson 4-2. He's playing the same team, the Blackadder at Greenlaw. If I'm not mistaken, you're the man who you replaced for a game and then your team still lost. Some addition that was from Gary Anderson. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong on that one, of course. Uh, Charlie, how do you see this one going? Yeah. It's going to be a good game and, you know, it could be a real classic. I hope Gary brings out the right tools with him rather than tinkering with them. Um, but I think Rob Cross will have just too much room. Cross has, has hit some exceptional form recently and he does look a real danger um, in this year's tournament. I think he wins 4-2. Um, I think just at the crucial time, he, he has a little bit too much for Gary. But um, it could be a real a real classic um, like we've seen this evening. Um, but I just hope that Gary brings out the right darts that we know he can play with and that it's a, a really good game and, and high scoring. Yeah, 
no no secret. I think switching darts back to the straight ones will really help Gary Anderson. And the fact he's playing on back-to-back days, Gary Anderson is a far better player when he is forced to play matches rather than practice, keep himself occupied, etc. Um, but that being said, Rob Cross has been a level above. He's the European champion after playing with his B game. This run of form Rob Cross is on goes all the way back to the Premier League. What looked like a flat, disappointing campaign for him built himself a platform for the rest of the year, has got himself back on track, and he looks really, really dangerous right now. So despite my clear adulation for Gary Anderson backing Rob Cross, I think he wins it 4-1. Just not... Gando cannot afford to start as slowly as he has done in the last two matches, and if he does, he gets royally punished. Uh, Paddy says, Ando needs his old darts if he's to have a chance. 100% agree. Uh, I think we've all pretty much covered that this evening. And then the third encounter of the evening, the final match of the night, it's again England versus Scotland. Apparently, Scotland get battered everywhere they go. At the minute, we've pretty much got it 1-1. So this is the decider, Charlie. Peter Wright takes on Ryan Searle. Uh, is it England or Scotland that come out victorious on the day? This is another really good game. And what a game to finish the session off. Um, if it finishes anything like it did tonight, then we're going to be in for a, another amazing game. Um, it's a rematch, isn't it, of the Players' Championship finals where Peter Wright just edged it. Um, I think he's going to edge it again tomorrow. Again, it depends which darts he brings out. I hope he brings out the ones that he started, uh, that he ended the game with um, last time out because those were really impressive and he really turned a screw. But I, I think he wins, but I think he wins four Three. It's going to be a great game between the two. I just hope Ryan Searle turns up as well. Um, but then again, it could go either way. You know, these games are so hard to call, but I think Peter Wright will just about get over the line. Yeah, Liam, I think it's a pretty much given that Peter Wright does not come onto stage to start the match with the gold element darts that we all know that he should throw. The issue is how quickly does he change them and is it in time for him to save this match? Yeah, he probably got away with it against him and had to read it that he was 2-0 down that he could change them and, and turn the match around. But please, please, just come out with them. Actually, you win matches with on a regular basis. You win tournaments with. But look, there's no guarantee that he's going to do that, really. Um, I just... I just can't see. I mean, Wright has just been really good this year when he has used them, Darson. I just think if he uses them again, he wins this match. Uh, and I'm going to go as well the same with Charlie. I'm going to go with 4-3. I just think there'll be a little bit of tinkering in there that would make the match close and it should be really. Searle has been very impressive this year, but I just think Wright will edge this one again. Yeah, look, I'm back in Snape Bar as well. I've got man lifting the Sid Waddell trophy at the end of this tournament. The concern for me is, is how I tried to set uh, Liam up for this is if Wright goes on stage with a different set of darts, um, and start so slowly, it becomes irreparable. Ryan Turner is a fantastic front runner, and I don't think you can afford to give him too much of a of a leash for him to get ahead of you, even if you are Peter Wright, because Ryan Searle proved that he can live with them at that Players' Championship finals. Um, so I am going to back Peter Wright, but I'm going to say 4-3. It's going to be tight. It's going to go all the way. Um, quickly said is correct about Gary Anderson playing a Correct, we lost to the plough. Seven fours by Gary winning the singles match, you know, 14 or 15 darts. Superb. That's not a bad debut, is it? And look, Phil's floated the, the fishing rod out a little bit after Noppy is so next. I didn't flash up any buy predictions uh, in that little segment, but obviously, uh, after those two played each other yesterday, Rob Cross has stated how anxious he's been after he played. Raymond Van Barneveld, uh, Ryan Sell must be feeling very, very similar right now, followed in Danny Noppert's positive test. And those two sharing the stage. Fingers crossed, though, we don't get any more withdrawals. And this tournament continues without buys when we get all six matches tomorrow. Then the players get a rest until New Year's Day. They can keep themselves safe and go on and feel, fulfill this tournament how it's supposed to be. Um Gents, that's all we've got time for now. I say that like it's not half past midnight. Michael Smith is long asleep by now, Mr. Knackered himself. Um, but we have cracked on. A massive thank you to you two for joining me throughout the evening. A uh, big, big thank you to Boyle Sports, our sponsor for all of our coverage of the PDC World Championships throughout this year. Uh, we couldn't do it without those guys. Uh, big thank you to everybody in the chat room. Also, you guys have been fantastic. And if you're listening back, 
via your favourite podcast provider. We hope you have enjoyed the show. Don't forget to head over to stay on YouTube, click, uh, follow and watch all of the uh, interviews we've got for you guys. You can see all of the clips we play for you in full uh, on the channel. Uh, and you can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram to keep up with all of our content and coverage throughout the World Championships. Uh, thank you very much for joining us once again. And we will see you all tomorrow night where we will know the quarter final lineup of the PDC World Championships. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 